Well, we are really excited about Easter, and that little video clip that you just saw is actually what we've made for a commercial that's going to be shown on television in the upcoming weeks. And uh, we want to invite you to join us on Easter Sunday. We normally have two morning services, but we're having a 9 o'clock, an 11 o'clock, and a 1 o'clock service. We want you to spread the word, and uh, we just believe it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. It's going to be a moment that you are not going to want to miss. Well, I want to thank you for joining in online today. This, of course, is a unique Sunday all across the world, and certainly here in Canada and certainly here in Ottawa. As, as most churches are not happening live, many churches are happening on live streaming, and many of our congregation are sitting right now in their living rooms watching our 9 o'clock service which is happening now live. And we thank you for joining in. we got people across our country and people around the world that have joined in today, and we thank you so much for doing that. Well, we're going to dive right now into God's Word. And we're in a sermon series that we've called Relentless. It is our March sermon series. And we're exploring some topics, some relentless topics from God's Word. We began on the first Sunday talking about relentless change. And then last Sunday, we looked at the theme of relentless living. Well, today I want to share with you a brief message called Relentless Trust. And in just a couple of moments, we're going to look at one of the most familiar passages of scriptures in the Bible. And it's my prayer that we would learn something fresh from the familiar. I want us today to move from fear to faith. We know that many in the world today are walking and living in fear. I don't want us to live and walk in fear. I want us to live and walk in faith. There are many people today that are really, really, really terrified. I don't want you to be really, really terrified. I want you to have relentless trust in God. So we're going to dive right into God's Word. We're going to look this morning at a very familiar passage of Scripture that's found in all the Gospels, but I'm going to read it to you today from Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 35 down to verse 41. This is the story where Jesus calms the storm. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat, there was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind and the waves. And he said, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. And it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I pray across the city, across this country and around the world, as people have joined in for this nine o'clock service, I'm asking God that you would take the familiar and make it fresh. I'm asking God today that you would move us from fear to faith. 
When many in the world are walking in fear, God, help us not to walk and live in fear. Help us, oh God, to walk and live in faith. As many are really terrified, I'm praying, God, that we would move to becoming relentless, trusting people in you. God, I count it a privilege to share this morning. Help me, God, to unpack what I believe you want me to share. I ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to share with you five thoughts. Because Jesus had a plan for his disciples. And I want you today as modern day disciples to learn the plan that Jesus was teaching his disciples that day. Let's get into the boat today with Jesus. Can we do that? And can we discover and learn and be reminded and encouraged by these five truths? The first thought that I want to offer to you today, number one, is his plan may be puzzling. It actually may be puzzling. It may not fully make sense. It just might be puzzling. And I want to take a close look at verse 35 and verse 36. Let's start in verse 35. It says that day when, when evening came, I mean, it was a long day. I mean, Jesus was teaching and it was a long, tiring day. And now it's the evening. And, and he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Let, let us. I, I don't want you to go alone, disciples. Let's, let's go together. Aren't you glad that we don't do life alone, that we can do life with Jesus? He said, let us go over to the other side, the other side. He's talking about the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He's talking about the other side of the Lake of Gennesaret, the, the other side. 53 times. The Sea of Galilee is mentioned in the Bible. And in fact, almost all of those times, it's all happening on the one side, but it's not happening on the, on the other side. I think the question I've got is, why, why, why would Jesus say to the disciples, let's go over to the other side? I, I think there's several reasons. Number one, they've had a long day. Let's go over to the other side and let's get some rest. Or maybe Jesus was saying, let's go over to the other side and, and, and there's more than I want to teach you. Or, 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 or in fact, when you read in Mark chapter 5, we learned that when they got to the other side, there was a man in bondage, and Jesus brought freedom to that man in bondage. I mean, there's a great reason. He took them to the other side so he could set this man free who was in bondage. But there's a reason that maybe you never knew, and I had to really dig deep to discover it, but on, on the side of the Sea of Galilee that they were, were, were all the Jewish people. All the Jewish people were on this side. But the other side of the Sea of Galilee was, was where the Gentiles lived. And Jewish people didn't hang out with Gentile people. And the Jewish people would rarely go over to the other side because that's where the Gentile people were. And Jewish people would never hang out with Gentile people. I mean, they were about to get in a boat with Jesus with Jesus and go to a place of uncertainty, to a place that is unsettling. And, and in fact, you may not know this, but many Jewish people believe that the other side was the place where the, where the devil aboded. This is the place where the devil lived. Would you want to go to the other side? Would you want to get in the boat with Jesus? Jesus, come on, guys, let's get in the boat. Let's go over to the other side. Jesus, I don't want to go to the other side. You see, sometimes God's plan for your life is puzzling. And it doesn't make sense. And it's uncertain. 
and it's unsettling. But when Jesus says, come with me, let's go with him. Because where he leads, he will be. Number one, his plan may be puzzling. Now let's look at verse 36. And in verse 36, after he said, let us go over to the other side, it says, leaving the crowd behind. You see, to go somewhere, you got to leave something. They left the crowd behind. They they took him along just as he was in, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. The disciples got into the boat that Jesus was already in. There was other boats. But they got into the boat that Jesus was already in. I, I hope we get in where Jesus already is. And they left what was behind. No time for preparation. And they started their journey to the other side. Number one, God's plan is sometimes very puzzling. The second thing, the second thing I want to quickly highlight to you and, and remind you that, that, that his, his plan for our life often, often includes problems. It just does. It just does. Now, now I, want, I want to take you, if I could, to, to verse number 37. And I, and I want you to see verse 37 because verse 37 tells us three things. Number one, a furious squall came up, number one. And number two, the waves broke over the boat, number two. And number three, so that it was, it was nearly swamped. Now, let me talk to you for a few moments about the Sea of Galilee because sometimes it's called the Sea of Galilee. Sometimes it's called the Lake of Gennesaret. Is it a sea? Is it a lake? Well, the truth is, Truth is, it's a lake that's like a sea. And it's about 13 miles wide and, or long and 8 miles wide. It's not a huge lake, but it's actually the lowest body of fresh water in the world. It's the lowest body of fresh water in the world. And I'm told this huge mountain, the Mount of Hermon is right by it, or the Mount of Hermon is there. And, and on top of this huge mountain is the snow cap on it. And, and, and because it's the lowest body of water, there's lots of warm air down, down there. But there's cold air way up in the, in the mountain. And, and sometimes suddenly and unexpectedly and abruptly, the, the, the cold air would come down off the mountain and would sweep into the warm air of the lake and the hot would reach the cold and a storm would rise up unexpectedly the sun could be shining the, it could be calm and then all of a sudden the, the cold air comes down and the wind is blowing and they say that waves can often be 10 to 20 feet high when the storm begins to brew unexpectedly and suddenly and Jesus says to the guys come on get in the boat we're going to the other side we're going to the place of uncertainty and unsettling, but we're going, and they're in the boat, and suddenly a storm begins to brew. So look back at the screen. A furious squall came up. Now, now the word furious comes from a Greek word, mega, a mega squall. And I studied the word squall, and it literally means, oh boy, it literally means a hurricane. I mean, a large hurricane began to brew. As they're in the boat, they're in the lake of Galilee, they're in, in the Sea of Galilee, they're in the boat, and suddenly and unexpectedly, a very mega large hurricane brews, and the waves broke over the boat. And the, and the original Greek says that the waves kept on breaking over the boat, 10 to 20 feet waves coming to the boat. And the third thing we learned that it was, it was, it was nearly, 
it was nearly swamp. Now, I got to tell you, folks, three days ago, three days ago, I had no clue that we weren't going to have church today. Three days ago, I'm like, we're having church. We're having church, and everything changed. Now, here we are, unexpectedly, suddenly, not having church the way we always do. But you know what? We are having church today. We didn't cancel church. We just changed the location. And you're sitting in your home, and you're watching comfortably, and you've got your nice hot cup of coffee, and we're having church today all across Ottawa. Praise be to the Lord. But suddenly, unexpectedly, everything has changed. Oh, here it is. Jesus told them to get into the boat, and he knows everything. Now, think about it. He knew that the storm was going to come, but he still got them in the boat. You see, Jesus wasn't shocked about the coronavirus. And I'm praying that something good would come out of something bad. You see, problems often come our way and suddenly and unexpectedly. For some of you, it's, it's suddenly your health changed or suddenly your finances changed or, or suddenly your job came to a close or, or, or suddenly and surprisingly and unexpectedly something happened. Here's the word today. You might be surprised, but God is never surprised. When he brings you to the storm, he's the God who's with you in the storm. Number one, his plan may be puzzling. Number two, his, 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 his plan sometimes includes problems. But then there's number three. I couldn't wait to share this one. Here it comes. His plan comes with his presence. I mean, I've read verse 38 many times, but I saw something I never saw before. In verse 30, now some of you really intelligent people already know this. You're like, duh, pastor, we already knew this. But stay with me. This might be a fresh revelation for some of you today. And it's verse 38, and here's the truth. His plan comes with his presence. Let's look at verse 38. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern. Now, I don't know how many people know what the stern is of a boat, but the front of the boat is the bow. And here's how I remember the bow. Sorry, this is not my best illustration, but, but when I bow, that helps remind myself that's the front of the boat. So if the bow's the front, the stern is the back. The port is the left side of the boat. And uh, what are they calling on the rack? Somebody show anybody know anybody from your coach? They call it the, the star. You got it. So you got the left, you got the right, you got the front, you got the back. And where's Jesus? He's in the stern at the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. Now, the New Testament's written in Greek, and it actually doesn't say that Jesus was sleeping on a cushion. You know what it says? Jesus is sleeping on the cushion. Not a cushion, the cushion. I started to study that, and I learned in that culture of that day, every boat had one cushion. It was the cushion. And the cushion was for the captain of the ship. The cushion was for the steerman of the ship. <laughs> Isn't it good to know that that day when the disciples are in the storm, Jesus is the captain of the ship. Jesus is the steerman of the ship. I mean, he might be sleeping. He's sleeping because he knows everything is going to be all right. 
and I want to challenge everyone in this, everyone who's watching on live streaming to make sure Jesus is the captain of your life. Make sure Jesus is the steerman of your life. Make sure he's the one that's controlling your life. Make sure he's the one that is leading your life. And in verse number 38, uh, church, it's so clear. He's in the stern, in the stern, back of the ship, back of the boat, and he's sleeping on the cushion. He's the captain of the ship. And the disciples come and they frantically wake him up. Now, I don't know about you, but I've lost perspective before. And here the disciples have totally lost perspective. They're freaking out. And they're going back to the captain of the ship. And Jesus is sleeping on the cushion. He's the captain. He's the steerman. And they're waking him up. And they shout to him. And they lift their voice. And they say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? They lost perspective. And sometimes when you lose perspective, you say things that don't always make sense and don't seem fair and seems a little absurd. I mean, they're talking to Jesus, the Lord, the Lord, the King of Kings, and they're asking him, don't you care? They're freaking out. And they lost perspective. But Jesus is in the boat. He knew the storm was coming. Friends, his presence is there in the midst of the storm. Jesus is the captain. Jesus is still in charge. Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is the one who is with us always in the middle of the storm. Number one, his plan may be puzzling. Number two, his plan may include problems. Number three, his plan always comes with his presence. And then there's number four, his plan demonstrates his power I mean, they wake up, Jesus. Don't you care? Now, I want you to notice Jesus doesn't answer their question with words. He answers their question with actions. And he demonstrates his power. Look at verse 39. He got up and he rebuked the wind. You know, you study the original Greek, rebuked, and it means to put a muzzle on it. And it means to keep the muzzle on. He put a muzzle on the wind, and he kept the muzzle on the wind. He, he rebuked the wind. And then he spoke to the wind, and he said, quiet, be still. Quiet just means hush, be still, calm down. He speaks to the wind, and he says, hush, calm down. And the two things happened. The Bible says the wind died down and it was completely calm. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. Just think about it. Just think about it for just a moment. The storm is raging. I mean, Mount Hermon, the cold air comes down from the mountain, the warm air from the lake, and it just combusts, and there's the storm, and, and the wind is raging, and the waves are 10 to 20 feet high, and the boat is being swamped with water, and, and Jesus wakes up, he gets up, and he, he puts a muzzle on the wind, and then he says, hush, be calm, hush, be calm. He spoke to the wind, and the wind stopped, but you and I know, you and I know that normally, even if the wind stopped, the waves will keep rocking for a long, long time, but that's not what happened. He spoke to the wind, and the wind stopped, and he held back millions of gallons of water, and the lake ceased rocking immediately. Wow, what a miracle of God. Now, here's what I've learned. Sometimes he calms the storm outwardly, but what he needs to do more so is calm the storm Inwardly. 
that even when the storm is, even when there's coronavirus, even when the world is freaking out, and even when everybody has pushed the panic buttons, even when things are going like they're going, we can still have a calmness on the inside. Amen. We can have a peace. We can have an assurance. And I I kind of feel in my spirit in this 9 o'clock service what God wants to say to everyone that is watching on live streaming today. Calm down and relax. Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. Everything is going to be all right. We're going to get through this. And I pray that the church would be a calming influence to our city, to our country, and to the world. One of my favorite writers is A.W. Tozer. Write the A.W. Tozer. Write it down. Get, get any of his books. Get all of his books. I mean, what a profound writer. A, I read a quote this week. A.W. Tozer said this. He said that a scared world needs a courageous church. And I pray that the church would be a calming influence to the world today. Number one, his plan might be puzzling. Two, his, his plan often includes problems. Three, his plan comes with his presence. Jesus is on the cushion. Number four, his plan demonstrates his power. But then there's number five. This is the last one. His plan always has a purpose. I can't wait to see what God's going to do through all this coronavirus. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. I mean, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. And God somehow has a purpose, and, and I, I, I just want to offer to you in our concluding moments of this message three, three purposes that I saw that Jesus had for the disciples that day, three purposes that he had, and, and we're going to see it in verse 40, in verse 41. So what's the first purpose I saw? Number one, to deal with our fear. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love, and a sound mind. I mean, I mean, after Jesus said to, the, said to the waves, quiet, be still, and the winds died down, and it was completely calm, he said to his disciples, he actually asked them two questions. Why? Why are you so afraid? And I think Jesus is asking that question to you and me today. Why are we freaking out? Why are we so afraid? Jesus is with us in the middle of the storm. He's on the cushion, and he's resting, and the world is freaking out. I think Jesus is saying to you and I, let's not live in fear, but let's walk and live in faith. Let's not be a people who are really terrified. Let's be a people who are relentlessly trusting in God. And I think he's asking us today, why, 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 why are you so afraid? Number one, he wants to deal with our fear. But then there's number two, write this down, to grow our faith. He wants our faith to grow. You see, when the storm comes, that's when we need to learn to live out what we already know. We need to learn to live out what we already know. The second question Jesus said, do you still, do you guys still have no faith? I, I don't want to have no faith. I, I want to move from no faith to little faith. And then I want to move to great faith. I, I want my trust to be in God. When life doesn't make sense, God is still in control. And God wants to grow our faith. 
Number one, to deal with our fear. Number two, to grow our faith. But then there's number three. This is the last one. To increase our awe of God. Because God's great. God is good. He's greater, he's mightier, he's bigger than we could ever imagine. Now, I want to show you something here in verse 41. It says in verse 41, they were terrified. Now, actually in the original Greek, it says they were greatly terrified. But it actually really says they were all filled with great awe. And that word mega is found again. The first time it's found, remember, remember there was a great storm? A mega storm, a great storm, a great hurricane. And then when he spoke to the waves and he calmed them, it doesn't just say calm. It actually says mega calm, great calm. Now stay with me. Great storm, with Jesus is there, leads to great calm, which should lead to a great awe of God. And in verse 41, it says, well, my Bible says they were terrified. It doesn't mean they were scared or they fully, it means that they were in great awe. Wow, this is our God. And asked each other, who's this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. My prayer in the middle of this coronavirus, and there's still some fluidity and there's lots of uncertainty and we don't even know about church next Sunday. We might be live streaming next Sunday. We don't know. And and we're just glad that we can just honor the advice that's been given to us from from those in our country. And we're we're doing what's right. We're just being wise. We're not walking in fear. We're just walking rightly because we want to see all this under control. But but, but here it is, church. Let's just be reminded. Let's just be reminded that Jesus is still on a throne. And he is in our boat. Is he in your boat? Is he in your boat? Have you you released the control to him when you can't control it? Release the control to God. May we never be a people that live in fear. Let's step out of our fear and let's step into faith. Let's step away from being really terrified and let's choose to walk in relentless, relentless trust. I mean, we're kind of we're kind of going to the other side, right? I I don't know what this is going to look. We're going where we've never gone before. This this is weird. This is but but Jesus is with us every step of the way. He's not abandoned us. He's not left us. He's not forsaken us. He is with us. The Bible teaches us that He's with us. May we fear not. May we not be dismayed. For the Lord our God is with us at all times. So I share this word with you today. Whether you are sitting in Ottawa or sitting somewhere in Ontario or somewhere in Canada or somewhere around the world and you're watching this today, the entire world is freaking out. But let's not live in fear. Let's walk and live in faith. Let's not be really terrified. Let's have relentless trust. When Jesus said, get in the boat, he knew the storm was going to brew. God is not shocked with what the world is going through. God knew this would happen long before it happened. And he is with us today. In your home, shout an amen.
Pastor Brad and the worship team are going to come and they're going to lead us in a song. And if you're in your home today and you're sitting on your couch I, I want, or on your recliner, I want to encourage you to stand in your living room or your family room and lift your voice and sing. And, and after we sing this song of worship, I want as your pastor to lead us in a word of prayer. I want to pray that what we've studied this morning would be lived out in our lives, that God would fill us with peace, fill us with his shalom, and he would help us to move from fear to faith. So let's lift our voice. Let's sing to the Lord. Let's worship him in the midst of the storm. Let's be the calming influence in Ottawa. Let's be the calming influence around the world. Let's let the church let people know that there's hope in Jesus. You've got neighbors around you that might be elderly and they, they're freaking out. Like they don't want to go out and get their groceries. Why don't you go out and get the groceries for them? Why don't you help them? Why don't you see what God can do through you to help people who are living around you who are freaking out and just be the church. You see, I said earlier, we're still having church today, just different locations. But I feel in my spirit what God is saying to his church today. This is our time to not come to church. This is our time to be the church. I mean, when the world is freaking out and everyone's terrified, you got Jesus on the inside. And in the middle of the storm, you can have peace. I pray what oozes out of you is the peace of Almighty God. I pray that every one of you would be a calming influence in your neighborhood. Every one of you would be a calming influence in your workplace. I'm praying that the church in Canada would rise up and be a calming influence to the nation of Canada. Because there's hope. Because there's hope. Because there's hope. We're, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Everything is going to be all right. When Jesus is in the boat, everything is going to be all right. So you're standing. Lift up your hands. Pastor Brad's going to lead us. Let's take a couple of moments before I pray. Let's worship our Lord. Let's worship our God. Let's worship our King of Kings. Let's give him praise. Yeah. 
watching here in the city of Ottawa, you're watching across the nation of Canada, you're watching around the world. Before I lead us in prayer, do you know Jesus? Have you asked him to be the center of your life? If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to just hope that you're going to heaven. I want you to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For by grace you are saved. It's a gift of God. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died for your sins. Have you personally asked Jesus to come into your life? So you're there today, sitting in your home, watching on live streaming, and you've never asked Jesus to be the center of your life. Before I conclude in prayer, I want to lead you in a prayer of receiving Jesus Christ. And you can pray this prayer after me. Would you join me today? Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. I make my peace with you. I receive you in my life. I pray this now. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you made the best decision of your life. And I want you on our website to connect with us. And you can email us, info at woodville.ca, and we will get in touch with you. And we can share with you how we can help you in your new faith journey. And for those in the city of Ottawa that you're, you just want someone to personally pray with you, you can call our church number or you can email us and we will get in touch with you and we will pray with you because we want you to walk and live in peace. I made a phone call on Friday to connect with our ward counselor. And you can well understand that he is swamped and busy through all this, but we are scheduled to talk on the phone tomorrow on Monday. And I want to let our ward counselor know that we as a church are here to help, to do whatever we can to help 
in the city of Ottawa. Because we don't just want to be a people who come to church. We want to be a people who are the church. And we want to help our city. We want to do whatever we can. So can we be the church? Can we be that calming influence in the midst of chaos? Can we help our neighbors, our city, to move from being terrified to trusting God, to moving from fear to faith? And I just want to pray for you. And I also want to pray for those around the world that have contracted the virus. We want to pray Jesus' healing in their body today, amen? We want to pray Jesus' healing in their body today. So would you bow your heads? Lord God, thank you for this service this morning. Thank you for everyone that has joined on live streaming. Thank you for those that have accepted you in their heart today. And may they start to grow and walk in their faith. And if they don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, that they would come and check out Woodville when these doors are open again. But I pray for everyone watching on live streaming today. I pray, take the fear out. Claw the fear out. And replace it with your shalom, your peace. Help us, God, to not walk in fear, but to live in faith. Help us, God, to not have a chaotic feeling, but help us to have a calmness that comes from you. Jesus, speak over everyone today. Be still. Be calm. And I pray that you would give us that peace. You would give us that confidence. Now, God, help us as a church to love on our city. I know we've done the right thing not opening these doors today. We, we want to see this virus brought under control. We want to see it come to an end. And I'm glad that we as a church can do our part. But help us, God, to, to practically do all we can to help our neighbors, to help our city. Thank you, God, for everyone watching and live streaming. And be their peace. May we take the word that we've looked at today and would you bring it to life in our hearts So thank you, Lord. Give us a great day and a great week. We pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for joining in today and watching and being part of this 9 o'clock service. We're going to be live streaming again at 11 o'clock. So you can double dip today if you want. And you can watch the 11 o'clock service. It's going to be live happening. And and just walk and live in peace. Make sure you check out social media this week and our website. And uh, we'll have updates what's happening next Sunday. This is all fluid, and we're learning and growing in the journey. But again, thank you for being a part of this. God is good all the time. May the Lord bless each one of you. We love you dearly.